0: Hi, this is Maggie Vanoni, sports reporter at The Daily Emerald, and you're listening to The Emerald Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to The Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow. I'm joined by Sierra Webster. Hey. And Maggie Vanoni. What's up? What's up? We're talking Oregon women's basketball. Let's just dive in, guys. 4-0 start for the Ducks to kick off this season. Sabrina Ionescu has two triple-doubles and two double-doubles through four games. Uh, will she have a non-double-double performance this season? Go. The answer is yes. <laughs> I feel
0: like, I don't know, I want to say yes, but also she's been on, what, four games and she's already had a double-double, triple-doubles in both of them? Granted, yeah. granted yesterday's so was pretty ugly. Yeah, but I,
1: I was. it was more of a... Rhetorically joking question, but let's dive in (laughs) with UNESCO. Look, like she's playing some of her best basketball. She's just a junior, and it's absurd how well she can play even when she plays poorly. And for those who didn't catch it, triple-double with one shot that went in. One of six shooting from the field, a three-pointer, and she knocked down free throws to get her to the points mark, the minimum ten required. And then she gets those ten rebounds and ten assists. But the Syracuse game, she dominated in the the Buffalo game with that triple double yesterday. And then the, the 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 wins against teams on the road. They'll have Mississippi State at home, but right now that number three ranking, it it doesn't get much better than this for for Oregon to start the season. Do you guys look at this team and or what what are your reactions to her performances? But this team's performances right now and. Let's let's start with the Syracuse game. Sierra, you and I covered that one at Matthew Knight Arena. Um, a, a close win in the end. Oregon led, what was it, by?
2: 15 at the most.
1: Yeah, 15. Mm-hmm. What was it, 31-16? And then Syracuse took a 67-61 lead. And then Oregon came back. Sabrina Ionescu back-to-back threes. Aaron Boley with a late three. and Yeah. Uh, what were your takeaways from that performance for the Ducks?
2: I think it feels pretty typical of what, I feel like we've seen in them in previous seasons where they really kind of can figure out what to do in the end and grind it out and get those last minute shot shot opportunities. Whenever UNESCO is like kind of having a like slow game and the Ducks start to trail, you just kind of know it's coming and she's going to hit the threes and she's going to do what she needs to do. Um, So it feels pretty typical of them as a team. I feel impressed with Bully, especially in that first game. Um, first home game Matt Knight with the team and to get the three to give Oregon back the lead pretty exciting
1: yeah she was five of 19 in that Syracuse yeah game so it was a pretty poor performance in that sense but mm-hmm. like those three that three is so huge big. yeah and to be confident enough that you can hit a shot like that so late in a game
2: mm-hmm. after missing so, so horribly, many yeah
1: it speaks to her confidence in herself yeah. I think yeah. that's that's something special, at least. But
2: Yeah, she said in the post-game press conference she takes every shot knowing she's going to make it, and I think, I mean, I don't know why you would take a shot if you don't. On if some you level, don't think you're going to make it. If you don't think it. you're going to make it, but I think there's something, like you were saying, about her Maybe confidence. Maybe when you're trying
1: to get Sabrina Ionescu a triple-double yeah. for another <laughs> rebound. Yeah,
2: another <laughs> assist.
1: Yeah, and uh, Maggie, this team right now, when you watch – The way, UNESCO with 26 points against Syracuse. The only player who was a starter that didn't get to double-digit figures was Satu Sameli, who went one of seven from the field, but she showed up against Buffalo. And all five starters got double-digit points. It's impressive what this team is able to do, but that Syracuse game against a ranked opponent at Matthew Knight Arena early in the game, and I think I'm not alone in saying it was worrisome. Nine players, you're going into an early test against a team that could upset you. And what did Kelly say? It was a sweet 16 matchup is what he called it afterwards. Something like that. Something like that. And that, I honestly feel like that was what that game felt like.
0: But Syracuse right now is ranked 14. Yeah, so they jumped was,
1: from, what was it, 18 at the time?
0: Yeah, 18. Mm-hmm. And their only loss this season so far has
1: been Oregon. Yeah, it's not a bad loss. Not at all. On the road against the number three team.
0: Exactly. And to, to have the lead for a little bit there too.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I look at the way that Satu Sabali kind of, uh, this team, Sabali falls off on the shooting in that Syracuse game and UNESCO falls, okay, falls off, twelve, whatever, but falls off in the shooting against Buffalo by her standards. Yeah. yeah. And the team's able to pick it up with just nine players. That to me is the story so far. For me, going into the season was, can they play with nine players? Right yeah. now the answer is yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people coming off the bench, uh, Jaeger, how many has she had?
1: Yeah, Jaeger, five points, two for three from the field 1 or 2 with a corner 3, but her best asset's defense. Absolutely, her on-ball defense specifically. She was able to come away with a, a strong enough stat line with just 9 minutes of playing. That's not too bad for her. She's able to come off the bench and provide some relief for UNESCO, or even uh, Taylor Chavez, who we don't know how to pronounce her last name yet because I've heard it four different ways, yeah. and there is nothing on the Chavez, pronunciation Chavez. guy. We're going to go with She'll the She'll weight. say something, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to ask her next time if we get to interview her.
2: Grab her tomorrow.
1: Yeah, honestly, might just do that. But <laughs> when you look at her performance so far this season, just a freshman, Gatorade Player of the Year from Arizona, she's been a little bit nervy.
2: Yeah, she seemed so really timid in the Syracuse game, which makes sense, but she seemed shy to take to shoot the 3.
1: And that's that's what she's here to do, right? She's here to shoot a three ball. Over one against Buffalo, and I thought she should have shot more because Oregon led this game by a lot, they won by 20. She shot the ball twice, once from inside the arc, once from outside of it. Never went to the line, so no points for her, but she did commit 3 fouls. So the pace of the game is definitely catching up to her and the physicality certainly playing a role, but Kelly Graves doesn't look worried or sound worried at all about it, which is fine, but when Pac-12 play rolls around and you get some really, really good teams every single game, she's going to have to step up one of those games, and I'm not trying to be too critical of her. It is early in the season, but we haven't seen a performance from her yet that has everyone... On the edge of their seat, the way that I think we were expecting to be from her way that she plays.
2: Yeah, and she's she's so little, like her arms are so thin, like just kind of getting roughed around a little bit, kind of having to build some tougher skin, figure out how to play in a conference as physical as Pac-12.
0: And do you guys think that's kind of more so the way she's playing or the atmosphere she's playing? Because look at in Alaska, she had 13 points of 21 minutes. Granted, it's still, like, not a lot of points.
1: Alaska Fairbanks, I'm going to say you go from
0: a high school gym to Matthew Knight Arena, and it's just completely different. So, obviously, your nerves would be huge. Yeah, but then look at, like, against Syracuse. She had 13 minutes and a point.
1: Right, but uh, I'm going to just bring it up again. Alaska Fairbanks, they beat them by 80, 79 points. So, she's bound to get some shots in there. Uh, And, again, yeah, the high school gym definitely playing a role.
0: That's what she's used to.
1: She's used to big crowds, though. She's one of the star players. She's played on big stages. I'm not buying into that. I don't think it's nerves of atmosphere. I think it's the physicality, like Sierra's saying. And Sierra, you brought up a point against that Syracuse game. You put it on the outline to talk about. But the lane's just wide open.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You brought that up, and I didn't think about it at the time. And then now I'm looking at the stats, and Oregon got beat up in the paint. It was a, a forty-two to eighteen.
2: That's bad. It Doesn't look cute, and it didn't look cute watching either. I mean, that number four on Syracuse just kept driving straight, straight through the paint, and like not a single hand was up. And I was like, "What is happening? Like, we need to get it, like get it together, guys."
1: Yeah, she ended up with that game fifteen points on seven of fourteen shooting. <laughs> Decided to shoot the four threes as well. Not sure why. When you're shooting so well, just low down, just <laughs> take it. And when the lane's time. wide
2: open, just drive it.
1: Yeah, what's missing there? Is this the change? Three forwards starting? Is that what it is?
2: I, I think I heard Graves also say that they are shifting to have been shifting to a zone defense, and I think maybe mm-hmm. that might may be where some of the pieces are falling. Like in the past, when someone, when a guard would drive, you know, Yonescu, Maite, Kazorla would follow, but that's not happening if it's in, if we're in a zone. And then I think it's just not getting picked up by, like, low post.
1: Right, so my take Zorla you bring up, and she had 15 points against Buffalo. She's solid as a rock. Yeah. there You don't have to worry about her. Four turnovers in the Syracuse game, but she's going to get you steals on the other end, cancel mm-hmm. them out. So she's one of those players you can trust, and she's so calm. It's really fun to watch. And that pairing of Cazorla and Yunescu in the backcourt. Yeah. Best in the nation.
2: Best backcourt in the nation. Absolutely.
1: i I just in awe and constantly surprised that they don't get the recognition, that Cazorla doesn't get the recognition nationally. Absolutely. That she probably shouldn't. Maggie, you wrote a piece about her. And she's a humble person when you talk to oh, her. Oh,
0: absolutely. She has five gold medals, this girl. She has five medals from playing on Spain's national team. She even played against Sabrina back in 2014, I think it was against in the um, FIBA FIBA
1: FIBA FIBA
0: World Championships World Cup champion World Cup. That's how they met. Youth
1: World Cup, right? Which which level was that? Do you remember?
0: It was U.
1: Like U nineteen, probably, or something. U eighteen. Regardless, that's still a top level. I mean, she's a special talent. Absolutely. Senior now. UNESCO, a junior, and they've been together for three years. I don't know how that's not—I think they will get that recognition because now Jordan Canada isn't in the league. So people can think about, oh, who's the best backcourt in the Pac-12? Yeah. It's Oregon. Yeah. But, but Oregon State will be tricky. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about when we get to them later mm. in the year.
2: Because Orla is foundational to Oregon's defense, but you'll never see that. Looking at a stat line, it's one of those things that's harder to measure quanti- quantitatively. But she's absolutely like the bedrock of – a bedrock of their foundation. Best backcourt, like you were saying, in the nation with paired with UNESCO.
1: And English is her second language. She's able to communicate so well. I think sport – sport, my goodness. It's a universal language. Um, This team has a lot of international talent. They've signed some – we're not going to dive too much yeah. into the recruiting. But uh, Aussies and <laughs> Aussies Eng- – we can if you want. I, I didn't really – too much to prep for it yeah and i don't really want to talk too far into the future of course yeah yeah we should save that i think let's, yeah let's do that okay. one of these weeks okay. you're you got excited about that. i'm i'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah. are you excited
2: about um they're they have three they've signed three new players and they're all international and they've all played for their national teams which i think is dope there's two australians and then someone from england
1: yeah, the English player, that's a new one for them. But yeah. the Aussies, they just keep coming through yeah, from Vandenberg is what, like, to, to Jaeger. Or and, yeah, or
2: it, some Fifth
1: Maley last year, but she transferred to TCU. It, it, there's like an Aussie yeah. pipeline into yeah. Eugene somehow.
2: And one of them is 6'5, which is dope.
1: Yeah, this team is just taller and taller mm-hmm. every single season.
2: I really want to talk to Mark Campbell about. Recruiting overseas and how he finds people—I don't know. I think that's an interesting story, but we can Let's talk do about a it later story on
1: that later in the year then. But you look at UNESCO, her performance against Buffalo. Let's talk about that because that's the headline—is her triple double, which it always has to be when she does that. But yeah. this team was a balanced attack; everyone stepped up in her absence, and that was huge. Every single starter with double-digit points: Hebert, twenty-five, and Satu Saboli was twenty uh, was perfect.
2: In the Was she perfect the whole game or just the first half?
1: Well, fit, like statistically, not perfect because she missed some shots in the second half. Yeah, but,
2: but she was perfect in the first half. Perfect
1: in the first half, yeah. 7 of 11 in the end, 20 points, though. For Satu Saboli, that's a lot of points. Yeah. You don't see that very often from her, but the turnovers for Ionescu, 6, six in the first half alone. In 20
2: low. minutes, yeah.
1: That just can't happen. What What's what's going on there? She steps out of bounds early on, first, right off of tip. So that counts for one. That adds up eventually. But they were becoming costly, and she made a joke to Kelly Graves when they sat down at the podium and said, quadruple-double? And Kelly said, almost.
2: <laughs> almost. Oh, and she's no.
1: like, uh, sorry, coach. But That's
2: not a good book. Oh.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a rough game for her, but that was something I think that actually... We've learned more about this team because of that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Boley is capable of taking over games, mm-hmm. shooting wise. We always, always have known Ruthie Hubert is just a machine when it comes to scoring inside the paint. Thirty-three mm-hmm. consecutive backs gets an NCAA record
2: on both sides, men's and women's.
1: Yep, and now that's what UNESCOs is for triple doubles.
2: Oh, she made it. She did
1: the it. NCAA record.
0: She, oh, she. T- I just found this. She tied with Kyle Collinsworth from BYU.
1: Sweet. Hey, sorry, random fact, but I <laughs> yeah. had looked that up earlier today. What was the? He had it was like 12. seven or something. Was the the women's record? Yeah, or something. something like it was, that. It was single digits. I think
2: it might. Have, it was a seven or eight.
1: Yeah, and UNESCO just a machine when it comes to triple doubles. That's why they call her the triple double queen, mm-hmm. and that's why there's sliders at Wild Duck across the street from Matthew Knight Arena called. Sabrina's triple double.
2: Oh, that's cute. That's how also, made it. <laughs> also, Bully and Hebert got season highs. So we're just four point or four games in, but that's still pretty impressive.
1: And Bully's a forward, and she only saw threes. Yeah, she didn't shoot. She did try to shoot inside the paint, but got called for a charge. So maybe maybe she'll shoot from inside the paint more often. But only three pointers from her. And I don't know. Do you expect to see that this season from her? I I don't know if that's going to be a a common trend from her. This year,
2: I think coming into the season, I, I mean, because Graves and other players, uh, especially like Hebert and Ionescu who played with her over the summer, talked a lot about how she can shoot the three, and that's one of her strengths. Um, but I think I kind of imagined her as more looking like McGuire and kind of that like long range eight to ten footer, but that's not what we're seeing from her at all. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious to see if she'll ever post up, either like high post or low post, but. It seems like as of now, the threes are game.
1: And Kelly had five players on the court at one point, all of whom could shoot threes. That's devastating when you can just make it rain. That's special. This yeah. team has nine players, and they can get five on the court that can shoot a three ball. You're not going to see that very often and in how do you, the NCAA.
2: And how do you guard that when they also, a lot of them have great drives? You know, that's a hard a hard team to guard.
1: Sabrina will drive.
2: My table gra- drive. And my
1: table. Every single player on this team. Yeah, will take it to the hoop. Good, and yeah. I, I, don't know why Bowley only did so once. She yeah. got called for a charge, but it worked. It didn't matter. Twenty point win for Oregon. But Audie Gilden off the bench. This team has nine players. We're gonna try, We might be able to talk about all of them. Lydia Giomi came off the bench and played really well. She shot well from the free throw line because she was dominating the paint. Buffalo couldn't stop her. They just had to foul every time she got near the hoop. That's all they could do. And to see her healthy is a good sign for Oregon. But Audie Gildon, she's got 78% field goal mm-hmm. average right now. Just efficient.
2: Yeah. At the beginning of the season, Graves was saying that she's one of the players that's most, been most surprising to him. And I think that not only competing in like the 3x3 national tournament, but in going overseas and having all that experience playing elite, elite basketball again, and, like, representing the United States, I mean, that has to have given her some confidence, some really good experience. Some she was thing. the
1: highest recruit when she came in that yeah. Oregon ever had at the time. And then Sierra Campazano and Sabrina Ionescu happened. is mm-hmm. now at Cal Poly, and Ionescu is um, Hall of Fame bound Yeah, here at Oregon. But this team, short bench... But pretty deep, and it's it's working pretty well. So let's look a little bit forward. And you've put down South Dakota State. They were an eight seed from the NCAA tournament.
2: Mm-hmm. In the Spokane region, too.
1: That's right. What does this present for Oregon? Is this even... This is a challenge, but is this something that's actually going to present anything more difficult than Buffalo? Because Buffalo was a Sweet 16 team last year.
2: I don't think so. I think Oregon has it in them to take out teams like South Dakota State. I think Mississippi State will be their, the one that is less sure. I feel less sure of Mississippi State being the national champion runner-up this past year, beating them by, what if what was it we figured out last time, like 20 points or something last preseason when they played them in Mississippi. I think that's the game that they're really going to have to bring. Their toughest mentality, their best shooting, is not an option.
1: Yeah, Mississippi State beating Oregon last year when the Bulldogs were ranked 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bulldogs were 5, Oregon was 9
2: last, last season, hmm
1: so This year it's going to be another top 10 matchup.
2: Yeah, Oregon's got the upper hand this year. But I don't know if they seem to, maybe this is just me, but they seem to get flustered when they play really high-caliber teams. I feel like that's what we saw in the game against Notre Dame. Last year in the Elite Eight. So being a Final Four team, Mississippi State, not even Final Four, like finals, the final game, Final Two.
1: Yeah, runners up. Mm-hmm. But Oregon against Stanford, I thought last year in the Pac-12 tournament, that was a game that you can look at and mm-hmm. say, hey, they can beat high caliber opponents. Yeah. That's a bit of a different team, though. Mm-hmm. That is no Mississippi State. No. It's a whole different beast when you go and play against teams from outside of your conference. And that's why this non-conference And in the state, SEC. Yeah, the SEC itself is, my goodness, it is.
2: A beast, truly.
1: Tough to deal with. And Oregon's going to be at home. That'll yes. be, at least for them, an advantage.
2: Yeah, it's during break, so who knows, student-wise. But, I mean, they've got a really great fan base outside of even students.
1: Yeah, the students don't make up the big... Portion Portionate yeah. games anyway. So this is going to be... A good game. Absolutely. I think that's the game to look forward to.
2: I'm telling all my friends who are going to be here to go because I won't. I'm like, go to this game.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the entertainment on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock in Eugene, yeah. December 18th. That'll be good. But going into the rest of this year, we'll see how this team handles the big stage and how they handle being ranked number three They handle the expectations of winning the Pac
2: 12. 12, Yeah.
1: They haven't had a target on their back quite yet. A little bit last year, but it was, everyone thought high expectations for them. Mm -hmm. Now people expect the Final Four. Now people expect Pac 12 champions. Very different, very different vibe.
2: Yeah. And just to go back to Ionescu's seven turnovers against Buffalo, I mean, that kind of, and leaving the lane open at Syracuse, those kinds of behaviors. Won't cut it for a Final Four team.
1: They'll weed them out by Pac-12 play.
2: They have to. Hopefully.
1: <laughs> we'll see what they do. But that will do it for this one. It's a fun podcast. Thanks for listening to the Emerald Women's Basketball Podcast. Thanks to Maggie Venoni for coming in. Sierra Webster. Hey. Ryan Wynn. I'm Sean Meadow. And uh, you can listen to tons of more podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. DailyEmerald.com, nice little sidebar on the right. Click on that, listen to some pods, read some articles, and enjoy whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this podcast. And many, many more. Happy Thanksgiving, as well. It's Monday, November nineteenth, and Oregon women's basketball four and O. Thanks for listening.
2: Bye.
0: Yes,
1: speak speak the the way that you're gonna
0: speak.
1: Yeah. Oh god. Oh oh God. So so not everyone's your mom, so you gotta speak slower. I will. Because I can't understand you on the phone.
0: I get excited. I will speak (laughs) slower. And you're gonna
1: get excited to talk about basketball. And that's what I'm scared (laughs) about. I want You can do it. I I know you can.
0: I will do it. I'm fine. I'll speak slow.
1: Perfect. Do it. I don't like you. I love it.
2: I don't like you. This is three. Three strikes in 20 three minutes. Three strikes? Yes. So I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Do you out. guys, like, actually like each other? No. No, he's a dog. <laughs> Okay. No, okay, no. It, it, it's like brother and sister okay, fighting. Okay, okay.
0: Like, if we were twins, he'd be an annoying
1: Essentially, twin. that's what we are at twins. this point. <laughs> All right. We're like siblings.
0: Do you
1: want to try speaking
0: into your mic? Hello. Whoa. Okay. okay, that, was loud. that
3: was... was loud. Oh, no, I was just like, that was more than I was oh. used to. <laughs> yeah, <it> was... <laughs> if you speak like that,
0: then sure. I'm not going to speak like that. Okay.
1: Talk into can the mic. Okay. A little
0: upward, like, like... Thing think it's really loose. Okay. So um, don't like
3: lift, a, it like a, like a, lift it with that. Lift like it with this. Like the little thing right next Here. to it that you can use to tighten it.
1: Also lift it with this.
3: Can... Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. <gasps> You can have it upside down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I re- I recorded an entire go. one upside yeah, down. It was kind of cool.
0: Like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but then you got to hang your feet up on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Like <laughs> 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 <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> This is easier. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, this is so much easier. Wait, yeah. mean, this I'm is so, so much fun. So so <laughs>
1: <laughs> do I have to do that what too? What is
0: up? Yeah, trying, you have to go upside down. You don't have to. You have to. <laughs> <So you're laughs> like, it's really good You ride. have to. All right. Do it.
1: Uh, Thanks to Ryan Nguyen for... Producing this, did I pronounce it right? Um. How do you pronounce it?
3: I pronounce it like every family pronounces it a little differently. Yeah, that's why. Um, I I can't actually pronounce my name. Oh, this is even on I can't actually pronounce my name correctly. It's like, win. It's kind of if you. So you say it like that? Kind, I don't. Oh I'm saying gosh. It right.
1: See, there were like four pronunciations at my high school for them.
3: Yeah, I imagine the pronunciation, the like the way you say it, as kind of like a Nike swoosh.
1: Oh, I don't whoa. actually know okay. how
0: to say it
1: quite well. Like I what's, so you don't know what the correct, like what, I don't I know what it say is.
0: say it right. Wait, say just, it again. Nguyen? Like,
1: no. It's not, it's not, it's not like that. Nguyen? How do you, okay, how do you say it? I say it. That's like what matters.
3: W-I-N, like win. Okay. Nguin.
1: But do you like even have that?
3: That's like the word win.
1: So you don't even have the N sound at the beginning?
3: No, like that's just how I say do it. Do your parents say it the same way? No, they say it differently,
1: but then again, they have, like, super thick,
3: heavy accents. Mm-hmm. That's what does it. Yeah, that's what
1: does it. Um, My name's per, per, supposed to be pronounced Mito. What? <laughs> it was Mito Vodovsky. Oh, uh, that... We shortened it, because the British don't like long foreign names. They're like, hey, cut that down. Five <laughs> letters. <laughs> Deal with it. And that's why it sucks. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do a new son This is not a good sign off.
2: It's a really long sign off.
1: People have stopped listening at this point in the sign
2: off. They want to know how you pronounce this. Yeah, they're
1: really curious. Vietnamese pronunciation. The correct one. To the bottom of it. Next time on the Emerald (laughs) Podcast Network. I'll put this in the (laughs)
3: bloopers.